0: The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just 8 hours on Sunday. This is about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up and welcome to True Crime Tuesdays. With the awesome and amazing, beautiful and audacious Andrea Uplate and myself, Eric Danzi. But only for a short period of time, I will no longer be on True Crime Tuesdays with Andrea Uplate. Starting the first Sunday of August, I will be branched out on a new show called Night Shift TSI, uh, Top Secret Information, which is just going over the paranormal. Listen, you guys asked for it um, and you guys wanted it. and There was no way. We were stretched way too thin to be doing that many shows a week. So the best way to do it is Andrea said, she'll take true crime Tuesdays and keep it true crime for all the true crime lovers. And then I'll split over on Sundays and bring in night shift TSI for all the paranormal conspiracy theory, phenomena, weird and funky stuff. And so that way everybody can get exactly what they want because you know we were doing a lot of true crime episodes and people were like can you throw in some more paranormal and then we'd switch gears and do some paranormal and then some people would be like I don't like it when you do the paranormal I like it when it's true crime and it was just getting too confusing we figured this is the best way to keep the kids happy uh and that's just to give you what you want like the spoiled little brats you are in the wolf pack uh thank you again for all the the birthday messages you don't have to do that all night listen I've gotten plenty of them I have many friends very popular getting happy birthdays all day. Don't need it tonight. So uh feel free to not leave happy birthdays in the chats um, over and over and over and over again as we are. <laughs> or do. I don't care. Um, just do it. Just do it. Tonight we're talking about the, the Gilgo Beach serial killer and I am so Woo-wee. excited about this, Andre. I'm so excited because this was really one of the first true crime podcasts I listened to. It might have been the second True crime podcast episode I ever heard back in about 2018, and so I was. I've had many debates with my wife about this particular one, and and so I think it'll be fun to hear your take on it. And now that it's solved, you know, I think that's going to be interesting too. And at the end of this episode, I think we can maybe talk about like what we thought uh, a couple of years ago when we first heard about this. Um, now that we know who the suspect is, so I, I've actually tried to not look into it all okay. week because I knew you were going to cover it. So I don't know anything about the suspect. I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's one of the ones that they talked about two years ago, three years ago, or if he's somebody totally different. I'm not sure, but we're going to get to it. And I'm really excited. Tonight's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. It sleeps so good. It's absolutely terrifying. It's almost as scary as this episode is going to be. Um, And so if you are are struggling with mental illness, mental health, uh, get the help that you need. But I've always said that mental health starts with a good night's sleep. And that's why we love to partner with Ghostbed. They're huge supporters of first responders, huge supporters of our military and veterans. They offer the best deals and the absolute best customer service in the Dad Gone game. Everybody we know has a ghost bed. Everybody, all the drinking pros, networks guys, they've got the, the ghost beds. We all got the ghost beds. Mike, the cop sleeps on a ghost bed. Um, I know that the Tatums were even talking about, uh, looking into GhostBed, So I don't know if they ever did or they didn't. Um, but I had a long talk with her about it. So well, I don't know, but it's, it's, a uh, it's the beds to be on. So if you're in the mood for a good night's sleep, go over to ghostbed.com. Use that promo code Wolfpack, And then tonight's other guest, uh, sponsor is factor fresh. Factor. I'm so excited about Dude, this Listen, mom. you got to fill out that email. I sent it to you know, a week ago. My package came in today. I, I filled out the email on factor fresh on factor, I, I, I filled out the email and it asked me what kind of meal plan I wanted. Cause you can do like all sorts of, you can do like calorie conscious, you can do vegan, you can do like protein heavy, like kind of whatever you're at in your life. You can pick a meal for that. Um, obviously I went like straight protein.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Know.
0: Straight protein, dude. I need some, I need the protein. Um, and they sent me, I don't know how many meals they sent me, they sent me a lot. um I'd say maybe like six or nine meals, and they also sent me breakfast smoothies. I didn't
1: know they did like, that like that's a super week's cool. worth.
0: And it it came today by FedEx, and it came in a um, like a cooler. It comes in a cooler, like with like oh. free freeze dried ice cooler, so it's never frozen, always fresh. You plop it right in the mic, uh, not in the microwave. You cook them. You cook them in a conventional oven or whatever. Um, I guess you can microwave them, but I think it's like, you know, more like, so you don't have to microwave shit. I think yeah. you can eat a lot of this stuff just cold too. They have like salads and everything like that. It's a lot of meals on the go. You being a, a a nurse, always on the go, might be easy for you to just... Sling one of those meals, but um you use the the promo code there is wolfpack five zero for fifty percent off your first order. And I think I I think you actually get like six free meals with that promo code. I'm not positive. Let me uh let me look at it really quick.
1: Drew just said i I got the Bunsen burner. The
0: (laughs) the Bunsen burner. Um, right now if you uh head over to factor meals.com slash wolfpack five zero, use that code wolfpack five zero you get fifty percent off. Um, that's factormeals.com meals.com slash Wolfpack five zero for five zeros off, man. Look it, eating well without the hassle. Can't, can't beat it. So thank you to all those guys. And then last but not least, and you're not going to want to miss this. And I promise you, this is the last little ad read I'm going to do, but it is so fun is we're doing the, uh, mybookie.com bets for the fight, uh, for yeah, the, U- the UFC fight on the 29th at the end of this month um might even be live streaming it but we're all betting together I'm going to put together some entertainment bets for that uh sign up because I'm going to be putting together the group chat and getting everybody organized to who's on the mybookie um and who's registered using that promo code wolfpack so go to mybookie.com use the promo code wolfpack you're going to get a bunch of sign up bonuses for the casino. You're going to get some free spins. A bunch of free stuff comes with the, the Wolfpack promo code. What's really the most exciting thing is that we're all going to get to bet on this fight together, bet against each other, bet with each other, however you want to do it. And then you can catch me. Probably, I'm going to try to live stream myself watching the UFC fight or something. I don't know. I have to get with our producers. They get pissed off when I try to do shit like this. Um, You know, on the YouTubes because it takes up like our YouTube algorithm or whatever. I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's gonna be fun. I might even do like a group text, depending on how many people are involved in this. Listen, if you're interested in this, if you're interested in this, I need to start getting a head count. Head over now, this is in July. So if you're listening to this in August or September, don't bother. But if you're listening to this in July, please go to the failure to stop, the failure to stop Instagram page. I don't have Instagram. Figure it out. Get it. Figure it out. Go to Facebook. I don't know. May I don't, figure out a way to get a hold of us? It, where there's a will, there's an a. And uh, let me know. I say I'm interested in the mybookie.com betting stuff with you, Eric. I might put together just a group chat, and we can all group chat that night and that night alone. So I'll have a phone number. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it with you, the Wolfpack. And I think this is going to be fun and I'm really excited that my bookie partnered with us. So um, other than that, is there any true crime news? I know that this is a big, long story. Yeah. Today's true crime
1: update will be the actual case that we're covering.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I will go over
1: just the tiniest bit. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Now I do have one question is this, this all probably started as early as 90 the early nineties. So how are you going to, how are you going to go through what's popular and what's not? Or do we know if these were the same murders that were in the 90s as were in the 2000s? So
1: you or- just bring up a couple of wonderful points. When I was thinking about what pop culture reference I wanted to use, I chose to go with 2010 when a big something happened. You're right. The case potentially dates back to the 90s or does it? So we're going to talk about that as well. Is that the same case or not? Um, but if we look at 2010, uh, you know, the mid 2000s between 2000 and 2020 I just can't I don't know Maybe I had little ones at home I don't know I just, But I don't think much about it And they didn't seem very um, exciting But the California Girls music video Came out from Katy Perry Sex and the City 2 Do you remember hmm. the movie 127 Hours Where the guy goes hiking And has to like his arm Cut his
0: arm off I got to, to meet yeah, that guy I think that I it was, was meet, 2010 Yeah, that guy uh, was a guest speaker At Seer. I think it's the same guy
1: Oh, interesting Um, The Twilight Saga Eclipse came out John Krasinski and Emily Blunt got married They are still the best, I think, I hope Uh, Justin Bieber released Baby, baby, baby
0: Baby, baby,
1: baby Uh, Black Swan came out Prince William got engaged to Kate Middleton I don't care Despicable Me and the Introduction of Minions
0: Kate Middleton, they're the ones that live in Santa Barbara?
1: No, that's her sister No, that's Crazy Kate Okay. Um, check Ooh. this though. iPads came out. That was 2010.
0: Oh, iPads. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Lady Gaga wore those the meat dress to the VMAs. Mm. Inception was in the theater. Okay, that's that. Guys, this case. Inception tonight, wasn't that great
0: huh? of a movie. Completely overrated movie. I'm not mm, going to get they into it. Talk about it a lot. Not going to not going to get into it. But um, did not really enjoy Inception all that much.
1: Um. Yeah, it's just a weird mind. Yeah, it's a weird brain one. Okay, you guys, if you haven't heard, latest breaking news was this past Thursday night, July 13th, uh, 2023, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, an arrest was made in connection to something referred to as the Gilgo, G-I-L-G-O, Gilgo Beach Murders. Um, it's now, on can
0: I, long- I know I'm not going to interrupt you the whole night. I'm not going to do it. But I okay. do have to interrupt you on this one part. I do I just have to. Yeah. I never heard it called the Gilgo Beach Serial Killer until There's a reason this for it. it was always called what was it called like list Long yeah, Long yeah. Island Serial Killer.
1: Yeah, it was referred to as Lisk. That's,
0: that's what I was about to it say. Gilgo Beach Why did they just change it from Lisk?
1: Well, they didn't really change it. There was something called the Gilgo 4, and that's what we're gonna talk about. Okay. So okay. it is now alternately known as the Gilgo the Gilgo beach murders or Lisk, or long Island serial killer. And then we are going to try to determine, or you guys determine by the time this show is over and all of my poor hand is cramping from all these notes and you determine if this is actually the same thing or not. Was this the same killer or not? All right, guys. So in 2010 Suffolk County police found 10 bodies. All right. While they were searching for a 24 year old missing woman. Uh, there had been no arrests in connection with those killings until this past Thursday night, uh, when Rex Hurman, it's, he's got a strange last name. It's Huerman. uh, was arrested a 59 year old architect in New York. We're going to put him on the back burner for a moment. Uh, and we're going to talk about the woman that was missing that led them to this giant discovery. All right. So her name is Shannon Gilbert. Shannon grew up with her mom. She eventually had three other sisters. Uh, Her parents were very young when they had her. Dad was battling heroin addiction and some mental health illness. Mom took herself to uh, Shannon and at the time her two sisters out. They moved away. She winds up getting in a relationship with someone else and has their the fourth daughter named Stevie. Um, So So we have Shannon, Sherry, Sarah, and Stevie. None of that's too important because we're going to focus on Shannon at this point. Now, when Shannon was seven, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, seeing how things went for the next few years, Shannon's mother did put her into foster care at seven because she couldn't meet the demands of her growing family. Um, so she does, but when she does, she still goes to school alongside her siblings and actually had a lot of interaction with her mom and her family during this time. She actually thrived in school and graduated, uh, accounts very early. So she was an intelligent young lady and by all accounts was doing well at this time. All right. So, um, eventually they say that Shannon was pretty strong willed. Uh, they weren't sure what was going on with her mentally here and there in her late teens, early twenties, but she did become uh, a prostitute. So we're just going to, I'm saying sex work just to say it. So I'm not having to say prostitute all night long, but just know that that's what I'm talking about, obviously. And this is what she gets into. Um, uh, unfortunately, because then <clears throat> she realized that she could do well at this. Uh, Dad, I think we have a picture of Shannon, just a solo picture of Shannon. Uh, uh, there's Shannon there. She was probably uh, around 21, 22 at the time. So she actually worked for an escort service that wound up getting dismantled and um, th- some people involved got arrested and whatnot. So then she goes off to do this alone. So she had a boyfriend named Alex Diaz. Alex was known to be physically abusive toward uh, Shannon. In fact, one time he opened palm slapped her in the face so hard that she had to have surgery to place a plate in her lower jaw. But she stayed with him. She stayed with Alex. Uh, so she we now know that Shannon was uh, fully diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. Uh, her mom will say and her sisters that it was uh, tough at this time because Shannon often wouldn't take her medication. She was diagnosed and did have a prescription, but as we know, happens fairly often. Sometimes people don't like to take the medication. She didn't like the way that she felt when she was on it. She didn't feel like herself.
0: So I she often imagine it's without. hard to take the prescriptions and you're also probably taking lots of other drugs too.
1: And she may have been, um, we don't have any evidence of that, but she may have been. But a lot of times, people just don't. Different. It depends on your illness. Not necessarily with bipolar disorder. With that, I think a lot of times, you you have these manic phases and depressive phases, and the medicine can mellow you out to the point of just like, like so flat that people don't like that feeling, and then don't take it, um, because like when they're good, they're good, right? Until they have an episode, generally speaking, and so they think that they can be okay without it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So her family states that she was not consistent with taking her medication. And like I said, she didn't like the way it felt. So she decides to um, start working with her boyfriend, Alex, in the sex work stuff. Right. So now she no longer works for this company that is the um, escort service, meaning that he essentially is finding clients for her. Now, again, she's not. Beholden to him, she's not standing on a corner. Uh, I think she had a pretty high rate and her operation was that she would go to the client's home uh, and then come back. So she actually had a driver that would take her back and forth to these places. We'll talk about him in a moment, but she also decided to sometimes go off on her own and find clients. And when she did, she didn't like to often tell Alex about this, but that way she could get the money and full on. Uh, keep hundred percent of the proceeds at that point, right?
0: And that's a so, crazy thing about trafficking and human trafficking because mm-hmm. they they count this all in treatment trafficking, but they do it is um there's like a jealousy between oh I mean we call him the pimp, right? I mean like sure that's pretty, basically what he is yeah. but whenever they start going off on their own like that, it really enrages those guys. and there's we I, I've yeah. taken so Money. many calls that yeah, it really it goes back and it's really a trafficking thing. Um, and it, it's a really sad life to get caught up in that. Now, you said Alex is the one that broke her, her jaw. Yeah. At one point, and so the fact that she can't get away from this Alex dude, you know, it, it's just right. so par for course with that yeah. kind of industry. I think that's why it's so important. You know, people talk about like legalizing it and things like that, and there's a lot of arguments. But well, you know, as, generally as speaking, it's officer, not a victimless a crime.
1: Harm. That's the thing. It's not right. usually
0: a victimless crime. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's really hard. Uh, it, it's It's really hard as a cop when you're you're working all of these, these angles. And, uh, and you know, and it sucks cause they get caught up with a guy like Alex, you yep. know? Yep. Hmm.
1: Exactly. So like I said, sometimes she would arrange her own work aside from Alex. So on the evening of May 1st, 2010, uh, this was one of those occasions. Shannon responded to a client that reached out to her on Craigslist <clears throat> And she used her driver, Michael Pack, to pick her up at her request. Now, Dad, we have a picture of the driver, Michael Pack, and of the client, the Joe, if you will. In fact, his name was Joseph. Um, And they will be some key players in a minute. I think I titled it driver and client, actually. Um, Anyway, we'll put that on the screen in a moment. So Michael picks her up and drives her to Joseph Brewer's home. And he lived over on Oak Beach, All of this takes place, guys. We talk about, yeah, that was it. Uh, Yep. So on the left, we have Michael Pack. He kind of looks like a dude you don't want to mess around with too much. That was her driver. And on the right is Joseph Brewer. He was a man who uh, lived in a nice neighborhood and neighbors had said that they feel like he's used the services of escorts before based on the hours that they've seen cars come and go. And this was no different uh, than that time. So, they live on Oak Beach. Like I was saying, we're, all of this is referencing essentially a barrier island. If you don't know what that is, that's kind of like when you think of um, a coastline and then you have uh, sand, like an island that kind of comes out like a small, thin like peninsula that runs parallel to the coast. That would be your little barrier island. And that's where a lot of this has taken place. So she goes to Joseph Brewer's house in Oak Beach around 2 a.m. that morning Uh, Michael, the driver, states that he sat in the driveway in his vehicle for about three hours until around 5 a.m., and he says that this is generally how they would work it. He kind of played games on his phone, kind of dozed off. He's waiting for her to be done and come out. So around 5 o'clock in the morning, Michael states that Joseph Brewer called him from inside the home. He was anxious and asking Michael to come in and get Shannon. He needed her to leave. He said she was going crazy. She wasn't making any sense. So Michael came to the house to find Shannon crouched behind a chair, and she was on the phone. She was kind of cowered down like a like an animal, like a frightened animal, if you will. Uh, she's on the phone, and he said her eyes were wild, and she wasn't making a lot of sense. He urged her to get up so they could leave and go on and go. Shannon stayed on the phone, and we learned later that Shannon was actually on the phone with the dispatcher. She had called 911 at 4.51 that morning and proceeded to have a 23-minute phone call with this dispatcher. On this call, Shannon is stating things like, they're trying to get me, they want to get me, they're after me, they're coming to get me. But when she was asked her location or her phone number, she could not get out an answer, uh, finally, she got up and fled through the front door. Now, let me tell you, that 911 call was not released until 2022. So, until this was in 2010. So for 12 years, people would hear this call, hear about this. Shannon was missing and they would hear that she was on a 911 call saying they're coming to get me. They're, you know, all these things. Drew said, I'm treading in comps in our territory. Actually, Drew, I wouldn't mind for you guys to listen to this call and talk about it. It's 23 minutes long. Um, so no one had anything meaning the general public, right? This perception, it sounds like, She's terrified for her life and she's going to be killed. I think that she was let's remember that she is an unmedicated bipolar sufferer. Okay. I listened to most of this call. It isn't like I said, it's now released. You can go online and listen to it. To me, it sounds much less like someone who is actually fearful for their life uh, and much more like someone who is having a psychotic break. It doesn't make a lot of sense. She's a little incoherent, but she doesn't necessarily sound drugged, but she sounds very certain, um, that someone is after her. And we don't often associate bipolar disorder with hallucinations, but that is something that can happen in a psychotic break with bipolar disorder. Did we, none of that,
0: is this the nine one one audio that a few years ago they never released?
1: Yeah. They just released so, it in 2022.
0: Did, and what was it? Was it any, do we figure out why they didn't release it back then? Cause I remember I that they were being treading like the lightly thing. I think that was like the big thing, right? They were yeah. like, what are the cops I, trying to hide? You know?
1: Yeah. I think they were treading lightly. I think it's just kind of like, there's a few things we didn't know that we know now right, right. that little by little they, and I think that they actually, when they released it, I think it's because they thought it would actually help the case at that point.
0: Right. Um, now, if I remember correctly as well, did they go out to get drugs before all this happened? Didn't they pull, did she not pull in or something like that? And then they left which normally doesn't happen, but he, she left with, with Joe and they went and presumably went and got drugs. Like that's what I've the driver. I've not
1: read that anywhere at all whatsoever. Um, so like I said, that was a 23 minute phone call to 911. You guys listen to it, see what you think. It's interesting. My personal opinion is it does sound more, um, psychosis induced than drug induced or like actual, like the people were actually after her. So she gets up, she flees, like runs between the two men that are kind of standing there talking to her, uh, runs out the front door, kind of down the street to one of the neighbors on the street. She immediately knocks on the door. This man's name is Gus. Gus was an older man. I think in his seventies at the time he was already up for the day. It was 5am. So he was shaving and getting ready for the day. So he opens the door. She busts in uh, sits on his chair. She's saying the same thing to him that she had said on 911. Like, they're out to get me. She's inconsolable. He can't calm her down. So he calls 911. You know, he doesn't know what's going on. Um, and he's trying to explain to 911 what she's saying. Uh, and then she proceeds to go to, uh, she finally flees his house. And then she knocks on a woman named Barbara's door. Barbara was startled awake at the knock. So she just called nine one one before she opened the door. You know, she didn't know why someone was banging on her door so early. And uh, she, meaning Shannon, fled again and just takes off on foot. So it took about an hour to respond to the call. This early on caused some hiccups or some hangups, some frustration in the investigation, but we learned later why. The reason is because the Suffolk County PD, Uh, said that Shannon would never give the dispatcher her location, which she didn't. The dispatcher asked multiple times, like, where are you? Can you tell me this? She would say, are you in this county or that county? What is the phone number you're calling me from? Every time she would, Shannon would say, I'm sorry, what? What? They're after me. They're after me. And then she'd ask her question, huh? I don't. They're after me. So it's almost like she didn't even understand what the question was, nor did she give an answer. So the Suffolk County PD said that because of this, Evidently, the dispatcher transferred the call to the New York State Police. And it says that the former Suffolk County Chief of Detectives, Dominic Verone, stated that they knew nothing about Shannon's call for almost a month. I mean, like the actual local PD. So it took forever for the state police to get this call and try to respond. Right. So... Um, So about a month later, they learned about the call. What brought police in at all to the Oak Beach neighborhood was when Gus Coletti, that neighbor, called at 521 a.m. So he stated he got Shannon to sit down. He tried to calm her as he called 911. And at the time she fled again, like I said, she then went to Barbara's house. Barbara also called 911. These are the calls that got local authorities to the neighborhood. So they start looking for her, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, You can actually hear Shannon knocking on the door in the call that Barbara made to 911 in the background. So when she fled Barbara's residence, she wasn't seen again. So she never came home. And Alex, her boyfriend, if you remember, the one that cares so much about her, uh, did reach out to Shannon's. That was sarcasm, guys. Shannon's mother to let her know um, that He hasn't seen her. She hasn't come home. It's like the next day. Her mother's name is Mary. Mary filed a police report, a missing persons report at the time. But like I said, a month into that search is the first time that Shannon's 911 call was actually linked to her and her being missing. All right. So the search continues for Shannon Gilbert. But. And that was in May, guys, May of 2010. So it's been months and months. Now it's December of that same year, December of 2010, December 10th, uh, during a search for Shannon. And they were doing some like scent trainings with cadaver dogs and using that as an opportunity to also continue to look for Shannon's body. Uh, One of the day one of the dogs hit on something in the marsh police do find skeletal remains. They're hopeful that it's Shannon. It would make sense based on where it was located. The remains were wrapped in camouflage burlap sack. All right. So they start to process these remains, start to figure out that scene, see what's going on there. And then three days later on December 13th, as they're out in the field checking out more of that area, police find the remains of three more bodies. All right. Three more. They were also wrapped in the same burlap. They were fairly evenly spaced from each other. They were all determined to be young women that were sex workers that advertised their services on Craigslist and Backdoor and those were back page, those types of things, just like Shannon did. Okay. So, all so they have all this stuff in common with Shannon, but none of these women, none of these remains were Shannon's. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So their names were Maureen Brannard. She was a 25 year old who had been missing since 2007. So for three years she'd been gone. Melissa Barthelemy, She was a 24 year old who had been missing since 2009 for the last year. Amber Lynn Costello, who was 27 and been missing since September of that year, and Megan Waterman. Um, due to the fact that they were all in their 20s and all escorts and all disposed of so similarly. They were called the Gilgo Four. So that is to answer your question at the beginning. That's kind of when that coin they were kind of coined the Gilgo Four, meaning at least the four girls. Um, they've been called that to this day. Uh, one of the four, Melissa, had something strange happen. So early on, when her family was still looking into her case as a missing persons case, and long before they knew that she had been murdered, uh, her sis, Melissa's sister, Amanda, got a phone call. Well, when Amanda looks at the phone, it shows Melissa's number calling her. And so she's ecstatic. Her sister has been gone. She's been missing. They've been terrified and worried. But she gets this phone call. And the call said, like I said, it was coming from her sister. Excuse me. However, when she answered the phone, it was a man on the other end. He asked if Melissa was there. And then he said he knew she wasn't. Uh, He asked Amanda if she was a whore like her sister He went on to taunt her, to taunt Amanda, and he took her, um, he told her of all the things he was doing to her sister sexually, unfortunately. These calls started to come multiple times over the next few days, but the police could never actually track a location um, for these calls. So whenever they would try to pin down a location later, it was always somewhere incredibly public and saturated with people. So think Madison Square Garden's. Times Square, these kinds of places. So the last call was a bit different. The last call that Amanda received from Melissa's phone stated, I finally killed your sister, and now I'm watching her body rot. Well, when this call was finally traced, it was traced back to Gilgo Beach, where Melissa's body was eventually found. Oh, my gosh. But somehow... This got leaked to the press, and the news immediately ran a story about the calls, and the calls stopped. Ugh. Mm. So now that was getting into the winter. So now things are slowing down. The winter was pretty harsh. Um, weather was pretty tough. So they kind of slow down things, like I said, over the wintertime, and now it's March of 2011. In March of 2011, police are out there looking around the area, and they find a skull... Hands and a forearm. This was about three quarters of a mile from where the original four girls were found. Uh, There are some differences in these remains from the original Gilgo Four because these did not, they were not contained in a burlap sack. Uh, This body had been dismembered. Uh, So something crazier happened. Police were able to link these remains that they just found in March of 2011 to a torso that had been found eight years earlier in 2003 in an inland city named, excuse me, uh, Manor or yeah, Manorville. So these were the remains of Jessica Taylor. Okay. So what I just said was in March of 2011, they're combing this beach again, trying to ramp up the search. They still haven't found Shannon. Now we've got these bodies Uh, You know, four dead bodies. Uh, And so in these weird phone calls, they find pieces of a body hands forearm, a skull and they DNA link it to a body to a torso that had been found eight years prior on Um, a different beach. Well, inland, so it was in a a town actually near the New Jersey or the, excuse me, the long Island expressway. It was not even close to hidden. It was in fact quite a few feet away from a wood line on a, on a path where a dog Walker uh, came across the torso. Mm. It was, it was nude and it was wrapped in clear plastic. Uh, They found out that this was the remains of Jessica Taylor. Jessica was a 20 year old sex worker. Her torso was naked. Like I said, left in the open, Uh, Jessica had also advertised on Craigslist and Backpage. Police continued searching. Um, Shannon Gilbert still hasn't been found. All right. Still has not been found. Then on April 4th, so a month later, police find more. There's another skull, hand, and a right foot were found. All right. Even crazier, these were linked to yet another torso that had been found um, in Manorville. So another torso that had been found prior in that same town. So this is the same kind of same, same situation as just happened the month prior. This was the torso of Valerie Mack and that her torso had been found 11 years prior in the year 2000 by hunters. So these remains of body parts, hands, feet, skull, forearm are found within a month of each other. But the torsos they belong to had been found eight and 11 years prior.
0: Right. So the okay. other bones had just kind of like washed yeah. up, or maybe they've been drug off by animals or something like that. So, like, it's easy to say that, like, sometimes bones might, like, a forearm bone might just kind of like no, roll no. up they, on the they beach. Had been
1: dis, well, they had been dismembered, is the point. So I they had been, you know, intentionally cut up, torsos placed out in the open. Right. And then many years later, okay. the extra stuff washing up, right?
0: Washing up. But, like, my point being that, like, bones of somebody, like, one single bone could wash up on the beach. Sure. And then if somebody found said bone and then never reported it to the police and kept it in a Ziploc bag Mm -hmm. in her pantry might be difficult to solve that case. That's
1: also true. That would make it difficult, I think. Um, So she was actually known as the Manorville Jane Doe for almost two decades. This is an interesting one. We've talked about advances in technology and um, genealogy databasing. So this second set of remains that belonged to the torso from 11 years Prior, um, like I said, her name was Valerie, Valerie Mack. It wasn't until 2000, uh, I believe, 22 that they were able to positively identify her. And they did it through a genetic search, through a genealogy database. True. So she was unidentified until just about a year ago. So that's interesting. Um, but so now we're, we're racking up the bodies now, guys. We, it's starting to, a lot of things are happening. This is all in the same strand of a barrier island. So if you picture the barrier island, if you were to look at it like, uh, yeah, you, you've got in succession. So you could say either south or west if you're picturing a map. Um, Jones Beach and then Gilgo Beach and then Oak Beach. They're kind of in that order. They're no longer, it's no, the, the cases we're talking about today, five miles would be about the widest range. And honestly, most of them are much closer together than that. righty, So. That same day, on April 4th of 2011, y'all stick with me now, the remains of an Asian male and the remains of a toddler were also found. So now in March, we have bits and pieces of a body that belong to a torso. In April, we have bits and pieces of a body that belong to a torso. And along with that, we have this Asian male and this toddler, remains of a toddler, Now keep in mind when people are Jane and John Does and things like this they have to think of names for them. They refer to um, this young man as Asian male is the the, the name for him here and the baby was Baby Doe. Um, until we can try to identify them. So the baby was between a year and a half and two and a half years old and was very near the remains of a different female. So initially, authorities thought that that must be her baby. But DNA testing shows that it was not, in fact, her baby. There There's no link there at all. The Asian male would have been between 17 and 23 at the time of his death, and they believe he would have died up to a decade before he was found. Mm. He was around 5'6". He was slender. His remains were intact, but he was missing some of his teeth, and he was dressed in women's clothing. Okay, so this is going to be interesting in a moment. Unfortunately, uh, he is still one that has not yet been identified uh, to this day. So again, remember him because we're going to come back to this. So then on April 11th, two more sets of remains, you guys keeping up, were found. These were found on Jones Beach, a bit of a southern portion of that same barrier island. One set of a woman's bones and jewelry uh, were found. She wound up being linked to the baby. That's the baby's mother. So she was mm. found on a completely opposite side of the beach. Um, and... The other skull that was found belonged to a set of legs that had been washed up on the island in 1996.
0: I did. One, this guy's killing everybody, but did you say he killed a child, a baby?
1: Yes. So a toddler. So we have two outliers we have a toddler and a male.
0: Yeah, but right? the, ma- the male was dressed in women's clothing. So I kind of guess how that happened.
1: Well, you'd be surprised, but yes. Um, so at this point, we have. The, the I'll just try to catch you up. We have the Gilgo four. So we have the four girls that were found together initially. And then we have, um, and there they are. We've got their picture up on the screen, guys. I'll put this on Instagram tomorrow uh, or the next day. Then we have the the two sets of partial, like body parts, remains. And then we have the Asian male and the toddler. And then we have two more sets of remains. All right. So is that two, four, six, eight? No, ten. Now we're up to ten. Yeah. We have ten uh ten bodies at this point. None of which, we'll keep saying it right, are Shannon. Mm,
0: we still okay. don't know
1: what in the world happened to Shannon, but she fits all of these profiles.
0: Shannon's the one that's running around with like a chicken with her head cut off.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Right. So the last one I just said was a skull that was belonged to a set of legs that had washed up in nineteen ninety six. So we are taking it way back now. It's getting <laughs> these cases are getting older and older and older. So, and this was 2011. So what, so for 15 years, you know, the skull was found 15 years after the legs of the same person.
0: Yeah. And this place has like lots of tides. It's marshy. Like this is literally a picture of that strip where all the bodies were found. Um, Well, and
1: there's actually, yes, and the the actual area where they were found, yes, on the other side. So not like somewhere you want to vacation and put your beach chair out on. It can get super entangled and vines and barbs and brush, and it's pretty nasty. That's a
0: picture of the site that Mm -hmm. I was able to pull up. But yeah, just marshy, swampy, mushy. Mm -hmm. Too far north for alligators. But if that was Florida, it would have been full of alligators.
1: Yeah, it's a mess. So now we have, like I said, the Gilgo four, the two sets of remains whose torsos were elsewhere, the boy and the toddler, the toddler's mom and the other remains. So a total of 10 bodies, but still no Shannon. So at this time, local police thought they were searching for one person, while the D- the district attorney thought that there were two different killers. We're going to explore those two angles here in a bit. But at this time, this caused a little bit of friction between the DA and the local police department because they were just kind of working on two different theories. So on December 13th of 2011, uh, just before the victim's family members were going to hold a vigil, because now it's been about a year since some of the last remains were found. The family members are coming together to hold a vigil. Uh, And actually Shannon Gilbert's mother is with them. She's kind of, she's obviously invested now, right? These bodies keep washing up. They keep being found. I think she's certain one of them will be her daughter eventually. She's with them to hold this vigil, and in the hours that led up to it, to them all getting together, police stated that they found the remains that could be those, in fact, of Shannon Gilbert. Shannon's mother, like I said, was there, so they walk her to the back porch of Dr. Hackett's house. Eric and I talked about this earlier, for her to be kind of out of the way but still be there and observe um, the excavation there and uh, the— exploration even of her remains. So we are going to discuss him in a moment. Shannon was found face up. Her genes were off. Authorities do believe that her genes looked like they were removed by Shannon herself. The autopsy was inconclusive, but the running theory was that we know that she suffered from bipolar disorder. The running theory is that she suffered a bipolar psychotic break, Ran into the woods. We knew she was running from people anyway. They said that even in May, sometimes the nights out there on the island can be very, very cold. And they think that maybe she suffered from hypothermia, therefore removed her pants, tripped, fell, and succumbed to the elements, or potentially drowned in about six to eight inches of water. This is a tidal marsh. The water's going to come in and go out. So even if Water was not over her face when they found her six hours later. There would be, as the tides change.
0: Now, I remember, I, I remember vividly. I don't think you can go look it up, but I do remember that at one point the driver was nervous because Shannon went with this guy up the street and he wouldn't tell the police that they bought drugs, but he said that, like, he assumes that that's what they're doing. When you have uh, excited delirium or like go through and you're going through like uh, an overdose where your heart's essentially about to explode like almost 99% of the time they strip their clothes first. Do you think that it could be something like that where there was an excited delirium right before she was about to pass and she was stripping her clothes down because that's just what people through excited delirium do?
1: Um okay, yeah, two things. So first of all, again, I mean I read and read and read, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just never saw anything about the drug portion, so yeah, if that's the case that well, they wouldn't put it, be
0: I remember so I remember the crime junkie saying that they wouldn't say because well, I they no didn't longer know, rely on them, We've right? I got it. I got it. But there was a part of the the thing where they she and the man left together and the driver didn't like it. But they never would say what they went to go went to go do. Okay, like, sure. But let's just say that she, but of let's course. just say that it was drugs. If it was drugs, it could easily maybe that's why she stripped off the clothes and we wouldn't have to go through the hypothermia. Because May's not really over, like, I mean, maybe it gets cold. Long Island, New- though, guess, on yeah. the water. Yeah, 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 yeah because so, in like April it was even, I mean, yeah. shit in June. It was and keep
1: of call- in mind, yeah. though, I don't, we can't say for sure about the drugs. We can say that we know definitive, definitively that she had a pretty heavy case of bipolar disorder and she was not medicated. So that is a very plausible theory. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever trait.
0: had an interaction with a, a call girl that, that, that didn't, Actively do drugs I mean it's hard to find A lot of strippers that I'm not saying drugs.
1: she didn't But I'm just saying It also easily could be A psychotic break because we be, know yeah, that She yeah, suffered from that yeah, You know what I mean Yeah Um. So when they find her The only bone missing Of note Was her hyoid bone So you guys It's like a U-shaped Little bone oh, That's yeah. uh, in your neck In your throat um, Just above your larynx mm-hmm. Uh, this could have been carried off by animals, right? Explore all the thoughts. Anything could have happened. It is dainty. It is small. It could have gotten whatever. Um, But it's also the bone that is damaged during manual strangulation as a cause of homicide. So later, her family hired an independent party to conduct a second autopsy. It was still a bit inconclusive. All they could say was that they can't rule out strangulation, but they also couldn't list it as a cause of death. So back to Dr. Hackett. The well, somebody in the chat
0: says, wouldn't they be able to tell if she drowned, they'd find water in lungs? One, I think, I don't know. It was a while. I mean, I don't know that she had lungs still when they found it. It had right? been
1: 19 months later. So that tissue was yeah, completely compromised. Gone. Yeah, and,
0: and this is like marshy salt water. Yeah, she's water, in salt water. Just like. Yeah, this that's a great is, question, but it had gross. been yeah, like, I think yeah. 16 I or 19 don't months later. think that they could probably find, you know, she wouldn't about have had all that the, tissue. Think about all the crabs that would have been crawling on that body and, and, well, the, and it's, you know, all the sh- the bugs. Right. It's through over
1: a full year of season. So, yeah, some are all the things. Yeah. yeah. All the that, things. There was no good question, but yeah, there, there'd be no tissue there now. It'd be pretty cool. Um, so, back to that Dr. Hackett, right? So, he is the one who Marie or Mary, excuse me, That's a picture of Dr. Hackett. Mary, Shannon's mother, was escorted to his porch when the her body, her remains were being excavated. This is very interesting. So he was a prominent doctor in town, had lived there for around 25 years, practiced. Uh, He raised a family there. He was married with children. He was head of emergency medical services. Like he was the guy that if anything happened around town and they needed that's your guy, that's your doctor. Everyone knew him well. He worked alongside, um, I can't say alongside the police department, but he might be kind of a go-to call here and there. Uh, In the days following Shannon's disappearance, so many, many months prior, Dr. Hackett called, called Mary, Shannon's mother, to talk about Shannon. Mary will say that he called her two or three times. She said he stated that he ran a home for wayward women and that he was concerned about her he then denied ever calling the mom. He said, I never called her. I don't know why she's saying that. I don't know why she would make up this story about me. I never called. But then his phone records corroborated exactly what Mary was saying. So now he has to admit to the fact that he did call her. So now he's saying, okay, yeah, you know what, now that you mention it, um, I did call her, but I was just expressing my concern over Shannon's whereabouts and the fact that she was missing and Wanting to express my condolences over their sorrow, Do you think he, he said drunk? that he'd been in. Uh, he said that he'd been in bed all night with his wife, and that he he has been cleared by authorities isn't a suspect. The family did go on to file a wrongful death lawsuit against him, though, and that is actually, in fact, as far as I know, still pending. What? Um, they think that he strangled her. They think he drugged her and brought her in his home and strangled her. I'm not going to get into that. We don't even have the time for that theory, but that's what they think happened. The reason that sounds weird to me, first of all, listen, the guy sounds like a weirdo. I did read much more about him than matters right this moment because we've got so much else to cover, but the police did say that they knew him, they knew him to be overactive in a lot of the stuff they were doing, like he always wanted to like call family members. He was not always very honest.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Come to find out he had like, there was like fraudulent prescription stuff he was starting to give out. Like, so he was just a super, like not a good guy, like not a great doctor, not trustworthy. So what we've said time and time again, you know, being an oddball, being a weirdo, being, you know, angry and aggressive and whatever doesn't necessarily make you a murderer. I don't know. I I don't like the look of this guy, like the idea of him at all. He creeps me out. But I don't know if he did what they said because she was running on foot away. We have multiple witnesses that saw her. We we know that she was doing that, right? So then, what? So he would have just happened to know that she was running toward the marsh where his house leads up to, or he was in town and found her and brought her back there. Like, I don't know about that theory. Like yeah. I, I think he's a weirdo. I, I wouldn't put it a lot seems like him maybe properly. like he was
0: laying in, in bed. Like he just popped his ambient <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? And like was just about to fall out and, and you know, didn't turn his phone off and had a little ambient, yeah, little I mean, ambient phone like call. If, you know what if, I mean?
1: Right. Or like, I'm thinking, I guess I'm thinking out loud now. Like what if she got, she was still disoriented and she knocked on his door, but then what it turns into him strangling her. Like it just, I don't know. That doesn't hold a lot of weight with me, but I don't know. So in 2015, all of this started, remember, in 2010. In 2015, the FBI took over the case. They had tried previously but had been denied over and over again. So this is interesting. They did take over one day after the former police chief, was indicted for what they called at the time, civil rights violations and conspiracy. His name was Burke and Burke was sentenced to four years in prison for assault and conspiracy. He had also been in trouble for drinking and driving while on the job and having inappropriate relations with sex workers. So then when the FBI tried to get involved for a few years, he blocked them at every turn. Now this is something that some people explore and consider, uh, As an idea, a plausible idea of somebody who could be maybe uh, implicated in the case a little bit, if he was having these relations with these girls that were going missing. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not too sold on it. But so the FBI did get involved, like I said, in 2015. So finally, time goes, guys, this just kind of gets dead in the water. Not that they weren't working it, but there were no leads. Nobody knew anything about it. There was nowhere to go at this point. Nothing was changing. So in 2022, a separate special task force was assigned to this case, and it got more gas under it, and it started to be looked at through some different lenses. Um, evidently, within just a couple of weeks, I mean, a matter of days of this new task force opening an investigation, Rex Hurman, the one who was just arrested this past Thursday night, uh, was in their sights. Like I said, he was a 59-year-old architect. He had an office downtown in Manhattan. He owned his company since 1994. Early on in 2011, the FBI developed a profile on Huermet. Menton. you know, if you've listened to the show enough that this is one of my very favorite things in the whole wide world. Um, and again, it's a tool. It's not always definitive, but it's always very interesting to me when it lines up like this. So their profile uh, in 2011 was, it said this, it said, quote, "Um, this is very likely an educated white male. The suspect would have a job and be financially secure. He would drive a nice truck probably or a car. He was likely married and unassuming. He has to be persuasive and rational enough to persuade women to meet him on his terms. Uh, Most of these girls were found without any belongings, meaning phone, purse, whatever. So Mm -hmm. maybe he kept them or maybe they met him without them and he disarmed them enough to have them feel comfortable with it. Um, On his terms, he will be in his late twenties to mid forties. And there may be a seasonal nature to the killings and his family might be away during those times. Well, he has been charged with first degree murder of three of the Gilco four and has been named primary suspect in the other girl's death of the, the fourth one. Listen to this though. We have found out that he would have been in his mid 40s at the time that we know now that his that these women disappeared. And we know now that his wife and children were away with family every one of the three times those girls disappeared. The three that he's charged with. So his wife is originally from Iceland. So one of the times she and the kids were in Iceland visiting family, which is a quick jaunt from New York. Actually, it's a super quick flight. Uh, One of the times they're in upstate. So either way, every three of the times they were gone and that profile was on point. I thought that was so interesting. Uh, He let's see here. So Rex was using multiple burner phones to connect with these women. So let's move into the portion of why they were looking at him, how they found him out. Why was he somebody they knew to put their sights on? I say multiple burner phones. I mean, multiple more than three or four, five, six, eight, ten, a lot of them. And he was using all these to the to the point that I believe as recently as 2021 or 22, they have record of him like buying more time for one of them at a local store. So (laughs) up until like last year, we know of him still using these burner phones, which is terrifying. Um, So he. Let's see. Where, where did we go? Where did we go? Why
0: was he all using right. so many burner phones just cause he's so like looking up with He processes? was talking
1: to all these different women, but he didn't want anything traced back to him. So right. like you can't connect uh-huh. hers with hers if it's on the same, if it's not on the same phone right. necessarily. Right. right. So at every turn he's a smart guy, you know, he's right. an architect, you know, he's, he's not, he's not dumb. So he was using all these burner phones to connect with the women He had emails and Tinder accounts set on them. He was able to block his, um, then like, or his, his, excuse me, his, um, what is it? The little it address for your computer, right? Uh, he had all these other accounts set on them, but they were all with erroneous email addresses or all with different ones. Right? So ultimately these were all triangulated to areas where in Massapeka, which is where he lived or Manhattan, which is where he worked. Um, so there are cell phone records from his burner phones that link him to the taunting calls to Melissa Bartholomew's sister, Amanda. Uh, we have billing addresses for them that link back to his office. Uh, currently, of course, the defense is saying that everything is circumstantial. Uh, there's, there's more and more and more. Back in 2011 witnesses, a witness statement from one of the girls pimps. This is interesting. Uh, it you know, I can't say it wasn't followed up on. It just wasn't. It wasn't developed. Nothing came of it. But back in 2011, a pimp of one of the girls did state that he saw the girl um, hanging around a man who he quote. He said he quote looked like an ogre, and he drove a Chevy Avalanche. Oh, well, the old boy drives a Chevy Avalanche. That's a pretty distinctive type of truck. Like you and know, he looks like look an like. ogre, and he looks so. Reports are. This man is anywhere between 6'4 and 6'6 and around 250 to 280 pounds. He is a giant man. Jeez. These women were tiny. These were tiny women, most around five feet. Uh, I mean, he, oh my goodness. So uh, let's see here. All right. So like I said, the Chevy Avalanche, that was a, a very interesting little point there. Um, that's crazy. So we also have in his phones, he has over 200 searches asking things like quote, why hasn't the long Island serial killer been caught? How have they not traced the calls to the long Island serial killer, etc." Uh, also found this is where it gets a little tough. I'm not going to read these off. You guys can, I'll read a little bit just to let you know, but, um, there are like over a thousand searches for like torture porn and rape porn that he got into. Uh, and I'll tell you what, one interesting thing is that he did not outside of sex workers, he definitely did not have a certain demographic or victimology. We talk about that a lot, right? Certain ages, sizes, um, color of skin, color of hair, et cetera. He searched anywhere from toddlers and 10 year olds up to adults. He searched African-American, he searched redhead, fat, thin, you name it. Um, he looked one of the like, I mean, believe it or not, uh, one of the less horrible things that he looked up was. Um, pretty girl, very bruised face, rape porn. Um <laughs> It gets, it, but it gets incredibly Holy sick and incredibly shit. worse and incredibly horrific. But check this out. Um,
0: was he a politician?
1: This, listen, to this, this is where it gets nuts. So remember our outlier in the victimology—that Asian boy that I said yeah. was about five, yeah, about five six, slim guy. Uh, some of his searches in his phones were for. Um, twink rape or twink porn or twink bondage. Mm-hmm. If you don't know a twink, if that's a term given to a gay or a bisexual young man that is generally slim and very youthful in looks. So he's not an outlier at all. In fact, he looked up this exact thing that he wanted. Uh, meaning he was praying, you know, this, none of this was just by circumstance. Yeah. The final piece of evidence that were u- that was used in his charges was from a piece of uneaten pizza crust in a trash bin yes. outside his office. So this crust was evidently obtained months ago, finally linked to the DNA in the one hair strand that was found in the burlap bags of the Gilgo four. Uh, he has been charged with first degree murder of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman and Amber Castillo. And he is named primary suspect for Marine Brainard um, Barnes homicide.
0: So Danielle.
1: listen to this, though. We talk about this all the time. Do you think those were his first four? Do you think they would have been his last four? He was still using a burner phone, evidently, or buying minutes for it doubt they were his first four either.
0: No, I don't think those are his first.
1: Here's something to consider. Um, And this is wild to me. So back in November of 2006 on November 20th. So just guys, we're, I'm not getting into the weeds of the case that we were talking about. Now I'm talking about something potentially completely different, but it's something to run parallel in your head and think about on November 20th of 2006, four years before all these bodies were found here, the bodies of four women, four different women were found in a drainage ditch. Uh, they were fit that was filled with shallow water. All four were prostitutes. They were found behind the golden key motel picture, like the one story brick motel on the outskirts of Atlantic city, New Jersey. All four were, um, like belly down, but they had all of their heads turned and facing East and all were almost exactly 60 feet from each other. Does this mm. sound a little familiar? They were all clothed except for their shoes and socks, and they were all ruled death by strangulation. Mm-hmm. So that sounds very similar to the Gilgo four. So keep this in mind. That was in 2006. The first, the girls in the Gilgo four, the first one of those girls went missing in 2007. No, they oh, were found seven. in 2010, but she right, went right. missing in oh, okay. 2007. So one year after these girls were found.
0: Wow. Wow. So um, this dude's like, this dude's been killing people for a hot second. I wonder, does he confess? So that, so that, was called the East,
1: that was called the Eastbound or Eastern Strangler is the the, the um, term they coined for those four girls in Atlantic City. And that was just an unsolved, what they considered an unsolved serial killer at that time. It still is. But now it looks like there's some very similar links to this guy and it would have made sense location and otherwise. Uh Um, here's a really wild, super weird side note. So in 2013, Shannon Gilbert's mother, um, made a Netflix, there was like a Netflix movie documentary based off of Shannon's story. So you can go back and watch that. It's called the lost girls. Uh, most of it is factual. I think there's a few points pointed out that like just kind of some specific stuff is a little bit different. Most of it is how it went. And it had quite a bit of acclaim. A lot of people watched this. And because of this, a lot of people were really on board with Mary, Shannon's mother. She's She tried hard the whole time to find Shannon. And when Shannon was found, she's, you know, tried to um, avenge her death, if you will, and figure it out. Well, Shannon's sister, unfortunately, suffered the same fate as Shannon in the sense of mental disorder. Hers was actually worse. So the second to youngest sister, Sarah, had uh, schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. So basically schizophrenia with also like a mood disorder. Um, So her mental health took a, it was already not super stable. I also think she wasn't on her medication as much as she should be. Uh, She had a child and her mother would often, Mary would often keep the grandson. Well, after Shannon's remains were found, it is said that uh, Sarah's, mental health took a turn for the worse. She kind of spiraled. So in 2000, let's see here. 16, I believe. Yes. Sarah had a psychotic break on July 23rd of 2016. Sarah busted into her mother's house. She stated that her mom was a demon and lunged at her with a 15 inch kitchen knife. She stabbed her mother 223 times and then bashed, yes, bashed her head in with a fire extinguisher. And was sentenced to 25 years in prison with no chance of parole, back in 2016. Um, Whoa! So her mother, which if you start looking into stuff about Shannon, you'll see her mother, and you'll see a lot of interviews with her, and you know, you I hate to say you kind of feel like you well, know. Her, she was right? the
0: one that was on heroin. The sister? Shannon's mom?
1: No, no, Shannon's no, mom. No, 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 no. She was never on heroin. The oh. father, they they had these kids young, and he had a mental disorder, and he was on drugs, and she left him.
0: She was not.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, um, so that's just kind of a side note, unrelated, but also just terrible. So, you know, we can, we won't talk about it forever. It's almost time to wrap it up, but there are a couple of different camps. Some people still believe that there are two different killers in this because the, the, the way the killings were done is so incredibly different. So the, the, um, Analysis, like the behavioral analyst people and everybody, if they, if they think that there are two different ones, they say obviously their personalities are very, very different. Meaning like there's a torso killer, which is that, that's what it's called is a torso killer when you leave these. And usually that's kind of out and in your face, they call it flashy. Usually this person would be um, more brash with their conversations with people. We know that the profile fit Rex perfectly in terms of him being kind of unassuming he was married right. with a family he had a job and his would be more like a trophy killing if you would with the way these the four girls were so some people believe that it was in fact or still is it's just a coincidence that that's a jumping site but that it's no. two separate <clears throat> things well and some people People can change what they do and the way that they kill people. I was going to say, usually. it's
0: like after you kill so many people, maybe you just got bored doing it one way. Maybe you want to try it a different way, you know? Maybe he was like, you know what I mean? Because if he's Googling yeah. stuff, like, why haven't they caught me yet, you know? Maybe he's yeah. like.
1: Who knows? But right now, he's only implicated in the three, fuck. but looked at in the fourth. But we have a total of, I mean, 11, and then potentially the four in Atlantic City. So 15. I don't I don't know. So, I
0: mean, Do you think this guy, like, coughs it up and makes some confessions? Like makes a deal, like I'll confess if you don't give me the death penalty, or is there even is death penalty even on the table in that state?
1: You know, I didn't even look that up. I guess I'm so blown away by this.
0: I mean, I guess we can like just do so many updates because I mean this all just came out like two days ago. But um, Yeah, so
1: they have since searched his house, of course of course. Um they've retrieved a ton of like I think it was four or five computers from his office. Uh I think obviously everything from his house they can take. They've been seen, you know, carrying stuff out, including a cooler which kind of weirds me out a little bit. Uh, he also had a storage unit, which I'm very interested to hear about that they are now searching and removing items from real quick. His wife, um, obviously she's not talking to the media, but around town, they say that she was also very demure, kept her head down, kind of looked unkempt. A lot of the time, didn't really speak to people a lot of the time, like at the grocery, they went to the same grocery store for a million years. So like those people kind of know the family. Um, No one was known to ever go inside their home. So it's not like neighbors were ever invited over. And it was almost kind of like a running idea that you didn't want to. Like you just kind of, you knew you weren't really invited, if you will. This man was an architect in Manhattan. His home was all but dilapidated. Like walls were being held up by other walls, kind of like a situation. Like it was a mess. Their yard was a mess. And that's one thing that is talked about a whole lot is how interesting that side of things was. Um but mm, I don't know.
0: Oh.
1: I think that's everything. I'll be curious.
0: I'm sure. I'm I'm curious <sighs> to see what this guy says in court and in trial and I'm <sighs> just I know we're gonna be following it. Show
1: that hey Did have you shown his mugshot yet? Because something about his eyes and his mugshot. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I don't know. It's almost like a grin. It's so weird. They said that he broke down. He said he's – he, of course, pleads not guilty. They said he had a mental breakdown after he was arrested. But that face there, ugh, that man's seen a lot of things.
0: Yeah, mm. he's so big.
1: He's so big. It just – I think about how small – those women were. And I think that the I do think that the baby was an outlier. I don't know if he got caught by surprise with the baby being around. I don't know what the baby situation was. Also, again, he's not charged with their murders yet, but right. they were on I the mean,
0: beach. Jeez. Uh, this is bizarre. I'm gonna be uh, looking forward to the updates on this. Um yes. tomorrow, uh Officer Daniels on the Patreon steak dinner with dinner with Tansy tomorrow night on Patreon. So, uh, officer Daniels will be joining me for a steak dinner. He'll be having a steak. I'll be having a steak and we'll be having beverages talking about all the things with trailer park, Tammy and, uh, all of his comedy stuff and what he's been doing on. So if you want to join us, uh, sign up for our Patreon, it's like $3 a month for a bare minimum subscriber, or you can be, uh, you can go a step above and, and do the, uh, the higher one. But, um, Love to see you guys on Patreon. Did your mom hit us up on Instagram. if you got a chance. I'd love to chat with you more, buddy, and hear all about this stuff about your wife leaving you. I'm really into that stuff. I love it when dudes, wives leave them and they're going through a really bad time. I just like Is to hear it. makes me, makes me feel better about myself. Makes me feel like more of a man. I'm just kidding. Obviously. Is that really happening? I'm kidding. Yes. Yeah. It's really happening. It's, it's what you put in the chats. Reach out to us on Instagram. I'd love to chat with you, homie. And uh, I'd love to, you know, just to get to know you and chat. Uh, Dimitri Litsko. Oh, I can never say your name. Um, yes. The bitch behind me is an evil woman. That would be Casey Anthony. Matter of fact, I just talked to some kids at my bar. By kids, I mean they were like 22, 23 years old. They'd never heard of Casey Anthony. Does that make you feel old? They're yeah, like, no. Never a lot heard, of things never, do. To be fair, never heard of, uh, never heard of Casey Anthony. That's crazy. Well, uh, no, they're better off for it. Um, so and then last thing tonight, we're trying to find Will Cray a uh, a girlfriend. Um, oh, we are. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, we're trying to trying to find Will Cray. Listen, um, it, it could be like a real. Uh, we we could have real fun with this. I I think if next time we see him, we could like. Trim his beard a little bit, comb his hair. Give him like a little over. Doesn't comb he look over. far,
1: far away? Then he yeah, far, like far Minnesota,
0: away. Montana, fucking South Dakota. And there's probably not a lot of women out there. Uh, This might be one of those cases where if you're going to find love, you're probably just going to have to go. He gay should stick to hunting just out there, him, Will Cray, um, Enjoy your. Youth. But no, I think Will Cray. Listen, if you've got a girl out there that's interested in a listen, the guy's a nice dude, really nice guy, and um, I enjoyed hanging out with him. Forty five percent degenerate and then like 62% really well-rounded guy and then 3% chance. He could be a serial killer, but it's only 3% chance. So listen, take roll the dice on this guy. You you heard it from me. I'm, I'm saying he's worth it. I've met him in person at our meetup in North Carolina, uh, and I think he's a good guy. So, uh, if you're single, are you single ladies, are you single ladies Uh, head over to will cray Hit him up in the DMs, DM that boy, and uh, let's see if we can find him. Love, you know. Um, Murphy Thirty yeah. says, "Wasn't paying attention." Are we sending dick pics to Tansy's Instagram? Yeah, you know, uh, it's my birthday. Love to see him. So if you if you're well hung and uh, and circumcised, send it to me. If you're uncirc, keep it to yourself. I don't want to see that nasty shit uh l i'm just kidding <laughs> just kidding uh but anyway guys we had so much fun with you guys thank y'all for being in the chats every single one of you a lot of paid members in there tonight uh we got crockett cassidy bosco tactical dude as usual tjr thank you so much corn pop was a bad dude joined us again I haven't seen him in a hot minute dimitri Litovsk, and uh you know just it goes on and on. i'm not gonna keep scrolling up forever did your mom and meat potatoes all things we'll see you guys again tomorrow at noon for last call with myself and Deadleg, leg and then tomorrow night for steak dinner with officer daniels on the patreon until next time guys guns up thank you james russell for the happy birthday there guns <laughs> up and giddy up
1: good night y'all